This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor in-play betting. Watch the action, predict the action, and make your best bet with the latest odds on over 1,000 daily events. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast. We are finally back. Uh, Sam has got a change of scenery. Season two. Season two, we're back. Season two, episode one. You've got a change of scenery. Where are you there? You still at home? Just upstairs? Yeah, I've I've managed to clamber upstairs. Where are they? It's in my crutches. They're over there somewhere. But uh, yeah, I've got my crutches. I'm on crutches, so I got upstairs because it's quieter. Yeah, it is quieter. It's uh, the opposite for me. Downstairs seems to be quieter. Um, but it is what it is. You've got to do what you've got to do. Have you been, though? Have you, you, obviously, we're back. We've had a few weeks off. Um, I've heard from you, obviously. Uh, a few people won't have heard from you. What have you done with your three weeks off? Uh, Trying to get back to normality, work and life. And, and obviously, the off-seasons, 
of football hasn't really been an off season, has it? We've had the England, no, uh, not we have the England, we've had the Champions League, we've had a lot to like focus on, and it hasn't really felt like it's been three weeks. Has it been three weeks? It... I think. I think we've had three weeks off, so it might have been four weeks since we last actually did a pod. Right. I don't know. Someone will get in touch. Um, but what have you done with your time off? Anything Anything uh, productive? Anything like that? No? Just just concentrated on the uh, the hairdressing world back into Mate, the, you're uh... lying. We won our first ever game of Call of Duty last night. The listeners need to know. We first ever it. Battle Royale game. And oh, you, man, you, 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 you be the reason why we won it. I'll put that out there right now. You are normally shocking. But last night, with that one game, you played well. <laughs> All ours. Apart from the bit, I did well. Uh, but Wolfie will be impressed. I know he likes a game of Call of Duty. Uh, hopefully, the, the you know the usual suspects are still here. We've got Wolfie, we'll have Neil, we'll have Jimmy, all the rest of them. Mark as well. Hopefully, you're all all right. Give us a shout if you uh go on. You know you want to say something. Talking of games, set up fantasy go on. league this year, aren't you for season two? I have. We'll get into that a little bit more later on. Because I've uh, got an interview with uh, David Monday, who is the editor of FantasyFootballScout.co.uk. So we will bring David in in a bit and have a chat with David and and talk more yeah. in depth about. Uh, it's behind me. He's just having a butty in the kitchen. He's, he's just having. I'll bring him in in a bit and then uh, then we'll kick on from there. Uh, but before we do get started on the Burnley chat, I want to give a big special thank you to podcast sponsors Pitch Sport. If you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook on Friday night, Simon has guessed it. It is there at the bottom of the screen. Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, you can see that, right? I thought, I didn't think you could see it. Um, but it is there at the bottom of the screen. Now, if you haven't already, please download the app. It is available on the App Store and Google Play as well. Uh, yeah, well done. And um, if to, to those what listening on the podcast, won't have a clue when I'm saying, yeah, well done, just because you're pointing somewhere, they're like, what's he on about? But basically, Sam has learned how to point. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the visual guy, you're the audio guy. I point, you speak. I'm both. I'm both. I do everything. You sit there and chat shit. Uh, that's, that's basically what happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, but big thank you, because obviously, obviously <laughs> they've continued the sponsorship for season two of Turf Cask. Obviously, we're on season two now, episode one. Um, so a big thank you to them. Uh, we will be obviously working with them throughout the season again, like we did last season. And a big shout out to them, because without them, we wouldn't be able to do these um, lives and the videos and stuff, because it costs a monthly fee to, uh, to put it on the on the um on the software that i use and stuff like that and it costs it costs a fee to put it on on itunes as well and and basically without them i probably wouldn't have done it out of my own pocket any more than i already were doing but um but big shout out to them uh for that anyway let's get into the burnley chat and let's start in the obvious place so we can see you squirming your seat for a bit and get your political answers out now uh, we'll get that out of the way but we're gonna have to start there he is he's sweating we're gonna have to start with james tarkovsky um a lot of interest this week and a lot of media publicity about him leaving the football club. Uh, he spoke to the Telegraph this week. I'll just mention the quotes that he said. He said, I want to go for the top level. I want to play the best level. I want to, sorry, I want to play at the best level I can, club football and internationally. We will see what happens. I want to play at the top level. If that opportunity came, I do not think I could turn it down. Now, um, I wasn't too worried. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't too worried. I saw that West Ham offered, what were it, 20 million or whatever 20, at first? Yeah. I'm like, even if you offered the 50 million release clause and he has to chat to you, unless you say rate James Tarkovsky, he's 150 grand, which I don't think they do. Um, I can't see him going there because of several reasons. He likes it up here, things like that. Um, 
he's been down south before when he was at Brentford and came back because he wanted to be closer to his mother and things like that, wanted to be closer to his home. Um, so I wasn't too worried about that. Uh, but then Leicester showed an interest and then he said them quotes. Uh, and I love Tarky. I think he's the reason, he was my player of the season last season and probably was the season before as well. Um, I will be gutted if we leave, but I wasn't worried. Now I've seen the Leicester interest and more importantly, I've seen them quotes. I'm worried. Yeah, um, 20 million is, I think, it's way off everybody's expectations, but it's the start of the of the momentum, in it? It's a snowball that, yeah, effect now. It. Um, it's, it gets out there. It gets him talking to the media, which he has done, which I, uh, I won't say I'm disappointed in him for doing it, but I'm disappointed sort of like that, again, that that keeps the snowball going on. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, I, I'm worried. But it started, like you say, it started the momentum, and now Leicester will come in, and Leicester will probably be the club that, that everyone's going to be like, whoa, 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 fair enough. Don't get involved, but if you do get involved, I can see why you'd want to go there. Exactly, and, and clubs are throwing their keys in the bowl now, and uh, it's it's all it's all gonna happen. And and this is the problem with success. And when you're any club with success, somebody else wants to be a part of that. And and the pieces of, that make our success are the players and the management, and they're always going to be picked apart every time you have a successful season. And, and last year was obviously another successful season. I think we equaled the highest points points total. Um, yeah, we did. So, a most clean sheet, second to Edison with a clean sheet. So, your defence is obviously going to be picking the boards up. Uh, and unfortunately, the the other sort of narrative to this is the Southgate uh, England stories that are going around now. And, and why is he not being selected? And the headache isn't being even looked at in this direction. And unfortunately, Maybe he thinks he needs to go. I don't know. Uh, I can't speak on behalf of him, but maybe that temptation of how do I play for England is creeping into his head. Of course, it will be. It'll be the same. I think it's probably been there for a few years now, ever since he got that first call up, and for whatever reason, he's not really been asked back. Um, I remember he gave a penalty away, didn't he, on his on his last England game? But it, it wasn't really sort of game where you looked at it and thought, oh, he's had a bad game there. He just like Gomez, for example, gave the penalty against Iceland, but then he started the game after. So it just seems a little bit weird that that would be the reason as to why he's not been included. Um, it's it's a weird one why he's not included, isn't it? I know Gareth Southgate has has said to um, players or in the media in the past, uh, it's simply because of the way that you play at Burnley, but. What I don't understand what more like Dwight McNeil, for example, like his comments yesterday when he said, I know a lot of people have, have been complaining that I didn't select a, a left sided midfielder or a left sided defender, um, but where Show is that player? One. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where is that player? He said, like, we've got two here that have been perfect for the job, and Dwight McNeil, especially, uh, I don't I know, I know Dwight there's one. obsession, there's an obsession with him playing left wing backs, and there's a weird thing about Dwight now for teams of other clubs that think he can play a left wing back, that's fine. If you, I don't think he's going on defensively yet, but Charlie Taylor, especially, if you're going to play a flat back four, I know he didn't, but if you're going to play a flat back four and uh, and stuff like that, you can easily, easily put um, Charlie Taylor in that. And even even as a wing back, I think Charlie Taylor would be good enough. But you're never going to know unless you try. But the fact that he just didn't call up one left sided player was absolutely balmy. And the fact that Dwight McNeil didn't get in the England England under twenty ones is more criminal well, than talking not getting in the England squad for me. That that was going to be my point. That one confuses me the most because. Like you said, there's no that. And if, if Dwight has a serious ambition to play for England in the future, unfortunately for me, at this moment in time, he needs to consider that left back position, that left wing back position, because he's putting Trippier on the left at the minute. And, and like that's you said, he's stupid. Got, and he's got no options on the left hand side. And that's fine. But if you want to be a number 10, which I think he would be good for Burnley, or you want to be a left winger, there's some serious calibre 
at big clubs around the world, yeah. not just in England, that want to play in that position. I think if you went back to a left wing back position, you get, or you're almost guaranteeing yourself a place in that England squad right now. Well, you would expect anyway. Um, but going back to the Dwight scenario, I don't understand this at all because he gets called up for the England under 21s for, on a on a regular basis now. I'd say I think he's a constant figure. He in should the be. Most he should do. He should do. In, in the most recent times, and then. When he gets called up to the 21s, Gareth Southgate picks him and maybe one or two others and says, no, come and train with the first team, lads. As almost a reward like for doing well, I don't yeah. know. But come and play with the first team. So he picks for the under-21s, gets called up to play for the first team in, in a training manner. And then the next scenario, he's completely ousted by the whole lot. I mean, that makes no sense. He's almost top boy of his class one week and then in in no way, shape or form. He's bought, especially considering the season he's just had. He, he played he started every single game. I think he was the only England under twenty one player to do that. He has he's got so much experience over the last few seasons, a season and a half should I say, compared to the rest of that team. It's, it's just an absolute it's absolutely staggering. It's, exactly. It's just absolutely staggering that he's not included in the question. The thing with the under twenty ones, as as many a country do nowadays, is that's the nurtured club that's been moved up a year it's like under 12 13 14 and now they're under 21s yeah. so you've almost got to say like I'd get rid of that boy that's been in there seven years and put me in the spot but it's equally their responsibility to keep that position exactly um, that's that's a manager's job as well to make them sort of decisions that's why you paid all the big money because you've got to make these decisions exactly but we've got a lot of yes men in this country for uh, for managerial roles and i don't know the spain the spain are sort of project worked for them, the German project worked for them, and maybe that's the way England is planning it. Let's, let's stop bringing these 21s through fast and getting the new prodigies and sitting them on a bench at eight, 16 years old because they play for Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, and then let's make a team out of them. But I don't understand the Dwight one, why he's considered for three, four years. I understand the Tarky one. Uh, if he has a certain way he wants to play and he thinks he has a better suited position, player in that position, then that's fine. But on the left side, he's saying he has nobody. But he does. Yeah. So that, that, that makes no sense. That, like I said, it, that were a massive. I, I think. I think sometimes Southgate doesn't help him. So did you get a phone call then? By the way. Yeah, I thought you did. I think Southgate sometimes. I, I, I we've been to watch England together and stuff. We've been to the Euros. I went to the Nations League and things like that. I enjoy going to watch England, but Southgate's kind of ruining it for me. Like you don't go just for the football when you're going to England and stuff. Like you go for basically the piss up and, and the time away and stuff like that. So that side of it will still be there. Um, but that that quote yesterday when he's like, "Show me that player." Basically, any left-sided player that plays in the Premier League who's English that's done well is going yeah. to be so demoralised by that comment. Like, what is he doing? But going back to the talk point again it's one of them that I, I do understand if all the players were available why he didn't get in that side uh but it's same with dunk as well like what more do they have to do especially Tarke. like I, I like Connor Cordy don't get me wrong I think he's a good, uh, yeah, a no good defender either, some of them it's just it's just Mings is the one for me and and, and Dyer as well like why is he why is he playing Dyer at centre back ahead of James Tarkovsky it's just mind blowing like, like I say I can I could I could understand it if all the Good central defenders were available, and there were, you know, some decent central defenders there as well. But after the season that Tarki has had, maybe not starting for England, but he should definitely be in that squad. And like, like you mentioned earlier, I think, I think it is that that's kind of forcing Tarki's hand now. I, I also have a big issue with uh, like we're going slightly off again because Nick Pope and Pickford scenario now. How are the hell is Nick Pope meant to make his? position is on when he's not given an opportunity. What more can he do in a Burnley show? What more can he do in a Premier League season? What more can he do in in, in the fantasy world uh, that, you know, 
how can he get any better and then not be given an opportunity? And how can Pickford go down and, and maintain that position? I'm, I'm not saying, I understand, give Pickford the game, the first game. I understand that one. I thought, yeah, fair enough, because he's probably, can't just go in and say, right, Port, you're in. I understand that. But then I'm not, so not giving him any game or any time. Yeah. If Kane weren't scoring in the Premier League, mate, and Greenwood came on second half of the season and scored 10, Greenwood would have started. Uh, so, um, so I don't get it. It's just, I, I understand. He said some quotes as well in the build-up to these two games, saying, look, um, no, I will be using this time to sort of like... Uh, test the number one position to see, you know, who I want in that role, which meant that, you know, maybe Henderson and Pope would both get game time, even if it was just a half each in the second game, but none of them did. So what on earth could, what on earth can Tarky do more and what on earth can Pope do more? Thankfully, Pope's still quite young, so he's he's got time on his side, so he can sort of like be a little bit more patient than Tarky can at the minute. But as it stands, we're going to lose Tarky, Pope and Dwight simply because Southgate refuses to pick him. Yeah, and unfortunately, it, it, it's, it's mind-blowing, mind-blowingly annoying. Um, but just before is. we move on, just before we move on, it's um, like I said, I'm a little worried now. I honestly, I think he'll start the season in the Burnley shirt, but I think if Leicester come up with the money, I think he's gone personally. What's your yeah, prediction? I mean, I've got to speak. I'm speaking as a, I'm speaking as a Burnley fan. That's it. So I don't anyone think I know anything because I actually don't. But. For me, yeah, it's, it's it's a given, isn't it? If someone comes in at thirty-five million pounds plus, Burnley then have to really seriously consider it because we don't get them offers often. We've never had that offer at that high before. So, what sort of price would you think would be a good one to let him go then? Because, as just mentioned, um, um, just just a second ago, um, I am worried now because I think if Leicester come up with the money, that I think he'll leave. But then. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you will be aware that Sam had just left uh, by accident because of that weird, horrible cut. Um, but what you were saying, it's 35 million, and then you've really got to start considering it. The club have not come out today, but there's reports today saying that Burnley would accept 35 million. I still think that's not enough, personally. I think it's not when enough. You, when, when you look at Nathan Ake going to Man City for 40, that's got to be the minimum. That's got to be the benchmark because he's had a better season, not just a better season, better few seasons than Nathan Ake, and he is. He's probably not got as a good on a sell-on fee as Nathan Aki will in a few years because Nathan Aki's younger. Um, but I just that's got to be the minimum for me. Forty million's got to be the minimum. Um, yeah, because I say that. I mean, the, the youth of Aki is an investment, and in he's he's only going to grow if he continues in the path that he's gone. Tarky, you're probably getting a ready-made defender who's going to get more. Better, he's going to get better as he gets experience, granted. But he's, he's you know you've got to finish article. So I do think forty million is probably. A realistic thing. You're not you're not relying on him getting more experience uh, to be ready to go into your squad. Like at City, they, they've got a mould in yet. He ain't ready to go straight into a City squad. Whereas if Tarky went to a Leicester squad, it's it's slot straight into that old Maguire yeah. role that that's missing. Um, but I, I think thirty five million is a realistic figure. That if I was trying to buy him from Burnley, I'd think that that would be my goal. I, I'd want him for thirty five million. Hopefully, we're stubborn. Hopefully, we hold out. Hopefully, Dash is telling us the truth of we are in a good position where we don't have to sell people, which we all believe and we should, it should be true. And hopefully, the board say we can do without 35 million and take the gamble on pushing for 40 to 50 million. Can I see a club like Burnley gambling 35 million pounds when he could have, you know, God forbid, he could have an injury? He's got another year. He's only got, I think, at the end of the season, another year left. So his price is halved. You know, yeah. you don't you don't want to get into that scenario. Um, 
And if Taki's coming out and saying things like he wants to push and pursue his career, when that 35 million comes, who's going to be the first person knocking on that managerial door? So he's a lot more minute, for I it. Yeah, I think me and you both know how difficult it is to sort of like try and get Talkie to Talkie, Talkie to talk um, to to the press or on a podcast or on a hairdressing video, for example. Um, so the fact that he did that interview in the first place, whether he asked to do it or whether he, he was asked to do it, is irrelevant. The fact that he's done it in the first place um, is telling enough for me. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, we'll see how that develops over the next few weeks. Hopefully, uh, whenever the transfer window closes, he's still here. Fingers crossed, because. Um, He's the linchpin in that side for me. Him and Nick Pope are the massive ones. If we lose any of them two, um, I think we are in big, big trouble. But moving on, obviously, we're both still wearing the retro shirts because that's how we roll. We, we we like the retro shirts here on Turfcast Podcast. But the new Burnley shirt is out. Um, yeah. Came out, uh, I can't remember when it came out. It came out, it should have been out a long time ago. Let, let's be honest, that were an absolute farce from the club. And I've, I've, I've said that on, on social media all along. They said there was something wrong with so, some sort of like a legal issue as to why they couldn't announce it. Uh, we'll never know what the issue is with that, but it's the same brand, the same sponsor. Um, so what yeah. could be the legal issue? Like We'll never know, and we'll never be told why, but I personally think that's a, a small screen to have behind bullshit of we couldn't be arsed, we're on furlough, so we couldn't be arsed getting it done. Uh, but anyway, let's chat about the actual Burnley kit yourself. Um, what are your thoughts on the actual kit? I, uh, uh, it, it got a lot of stick. It got a lot of Not just a new kit as well. Let's talk about the new range. Because um, it got a lot of stick when it first came out. Because again, it, it, would, it were on that kids court hanger you know what i mean or, or whatever it's always going to look shit in bad lighting in like a flat or whatever with just on a court hanger i think it was like a double xl as well unless it were a tiny court hanger um it, it, it didn't look that good but now i've seen it seen the players playing in it i've seen it in on a proper photo shoot done by the club i actually really really like it i really like it i think it's really smart on uh, it's a lot better on i mean that photo shoot with the 1920s tribute was was it was mainly to, to to understand where the shirt ideas come from. It was never really about the, the shirt, was it? It was all overlays and videos. So it was yeah. never going to get the best example from that. However, seeing it in person, I think it's a six shirt, going into the into the uh, trading ledger and where and they call it on the website, it's it's class. It's so, so good. I mean, I'm 260 quid down in a weekend, mate. Uh, and I haven't bought myself out. So yeah, see, I've not, I've not got it yet. I will, I will be going to get it. I will, obviously, I'll have to get me the shirt, my son the shirt. Um, Dad, if you're listening, sorry they brought it out after your birthday. Um, but there's, there's there's them jackets as well. I like the jackets, and I like the one that your lad wearing today. Um, how can I explain it? It's the training gear with like little squares on it as well. That is Simple. really, really nice, and I'll be definitely getting that. And there's the um, the Umbro one. I know England wear it. It's just a night tick, and it says England. Spurs have the same night tick spurs. We've got one now. Umbro sign. It just says Burnley under it. I, it's so simple, but I actually really like that one. Well, Umbro's owned by Nike, isn't it? So it's, it's always like two years behind the Nike trends, if you will. So like when Russia, when that was coming out, now we've got it. So it's kind of, kind of cool to see that we're getting these things now. But it's uh, I'll tell you what, test top. Talking of tops and stuff, have you seen the the Premier League ladder or table? Sorry, that says yeah, well, the pricing structure. Shout out to Daniel Cullen. I know he listens um, to the podcast. I think he watches on YouTube and stuff like. That. He gets involved in a lot of the lives as well. It was him that actually tweeted it and, and tagged Turfcast in it. We retweeted it. But we are in the Premier League. We have the lowest price for kids full kits, which is um, good to see. Yeah, fair play to the club for keeping it that way. They could have cashed in on the Premier League success. Fair enough, they didn't do it in what year one and two, but you can understand if they'd have done it by now and they still haven't. Uh, massive hats off to them for that because it is a working man's town. 
to working man's club, as they say. So uh, fair play to him for, for not getting lured in. Well, top top of that list was Spurs. And for a kid's full kit, That's a it, child's, man. 100 quid. That's ridiculous. Like, so what? what's the shirt? What what's the shirt there for a kid? Seventy quid. If you if you think I don't, I don't know what it is, it's going to be around sixty five, seventy quid for a child's t shirt. That's ridiculous. I mean, it costs them twelve pound to make it. Absolutely well, scandalous. So the price well to the less, uh, Tottenham will be buying it in will be probably cheaper than the price that we're getting it in because of the magnitude of how many they're buying. Uh, yeah. And then they're selling it for what two times more? Is it nearly? Um, no, scandalous. So well done to the club for that. Uh, interesting read was what is it the top four I think in my memory uh, Nack were they right and maybe like the Nike sponsorship deal is I don't know they're different yeah it's all written in the contract um, Nike do some good stuff though I will give Nike that uh, look, I, I, I can't comment on this year's shirt because I haven't actually touched it I've seen the designs that I really really like but last year's Umbro shirt just felt a little bit cheap um, I've always felt that Umbro are really good at designing it but when it actually comes to the make of it, it's not as good as what the Puma shirts were, but they weren't as good as designing it, what Umbro were. One thing I do want to discuss as well is the sponsor. Now, there's been a big, massive cry about it again. Like, it's someone, people, a lot of people complain about the the the, the writing on it, obviously, the, oh. the Chinese writing on it. And I don't know. I look at that and I think it's fine. It's nice and simple. It's, 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 it, it, it's a little big, admittedly. But the actual the actual writing itself is nice and simple. It's just it's just a white line essentially. It's not like remember when we had Oak Furniture Land and it was this big green leaf going down your shoulder pretty much. That that was shocking, but no one complained about that one. Same with the Hunters that season. The big horrible ugly thing across the sign, blue and yellow, just didn't even match the colours of the kit. I quite like. I, I do not mind the sponsor of Love Bear. Honestly, I don't because it's nice and simple. And I think I am literally the only Burnley fan that looks at that and think I don't mind it. Um, do you know what, mate? You're going to be surprised. I'm 100% on your side. I get infuriated by the thing. Oh, it'll look better. Another shirt I won't be buying. Bullshit. You didn't buy it 10 years ago, fella. Um, this uh, And all this sort of like, oh, I'd rather prefer it without a, a, a betting company. Well, we're fair enough, lads. But that betting company is the reason that we can afford to keep our prices of shirts to the bottom of the table in the Premier League. It's the reason that we're sustaining the Premier League thing with very little... Uh, resources other than sponsorship and Premier League. What it's the sponsorship of betting that funds the Premier League that funds us. What what do you want from us? Do you want basically to say we won't have this three million pound deal over three years? I don't know what they are. I'm just making figures up. Three million pound yeah. over three years deal. We'll we'll just we'll just stick with Holland's pars that are paying us two hundred and fifty grand because that's the morally right thing to do. And it's uh, it, fair enough it might be, but then we'll be back in the Championship, mate. We need this. this... I mean, I work for a betting company. That's my not full time. I don't have a full time. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing wrong with them. Like, understand. I understand people have issues and stuff and can go into debt with them. But again, I, I, until the Premier League come out and say, or the FA or FIFA say, right, no more betting companies there. on football shirts. Exactly. It's not going to happen. Admit they, they, they told cigarette companies that they couldn't do it anymore, and I think they told um, beer companies oh, they couldn't do it yeah. anymore. Beer companies now just put it on the advertising holders around the side, I think, anyway. I can't remember. I might be wrong. But uh, until oh. until the FA or the Premier League or FIFA come out and say, you are not allowed to do that, the club are always going to do it, and so is every other club in the Premier League because they pay the most money, because they have the most money. It's not just football. It's one of the most taxing products that, that that is in this country as well betting companies they you know the money that they bring into the economy 
is huge. It's not just about football, but irrelevant about that's politics. But what what my problem is is that you can't have everything. You can't have the cheap kits. You can't have the Premier League status, and and you can't have the money that comes with it, and not have just a fucking sticker on a shirt, mate. It's that's all it is. Do you know what I mean? Do, do, is that smarter? Is an Ensley thing with a board around it that's been done on fucking clip art? Is that smarter than, <laughs> than a fucking? Thing? I don't understand what you want from it. What do you want from it? That, that's what I mean. That, that's why I like it because it's the the only thing, the only very 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 slight issue I have with it is it could be smaller, but it's not even that big. It's, it's nice <laughs> and simple. Like I said, I the Oak Furniture Land. Had a big green leaf on it. No one batted an eyelid. Oh, it's a local company. Oh, brilliant. Oh, there's nothing wrong with having love bet on oh, it. Word. Nothing wrong with having love bet on it. Anyway, move on before we piss more people off. Um, friendlies. Obviously, it's a pre-season podcast, so we have to talk about them, but we've not been able to watch any of them, which is another bullshit thing, which the club should be doing. Um, I can stream this. You can stream a football game. Um, so we can't read too much into it, like I said, because we don't even know how we've played. But we've what we beat Tranmere, did we lose to Shrewsbury? Beat Hearts, drew against Preston. Who did we play the same day as Hearts? I can't even remember. I think we beat them as well, though. Last year, I think it was. Did we not pay two pounds to watch Preston? Friendly? Yeah, and and what what I don't understand is, and again, and again, again, we'll, we'll never know because the club aren't transparent enough in things like this. And there might be a reason why we're not aware of it. Again, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But Preston North End have streamed every single of their pre-season games because they have the capabilities to do it, which we do because, as you mentioned, we, we watched either a Preston... It put it this way. Wear. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember being on holiday and watching it and it, and it yeah, were a perfect stream. The club did really well with it. So they have the capabilities there. Whether they use a third-party company or they did it themselves, I'm not sure. But it, the, the options there are available to them. But what I don't understand is, if Preston North End have streamed every single one of their pre-season games, why did Burnley Football Club come in and say, Aya, yeah, um, part of the friendly is that you can't stream this game because we don't want our fans to see it? I don't understand. What is wrong with them? Stream the game. We want to see the game. And what annoys me more is our fans going, oh, it's just a friendly, who cares? Stop sticking up for them. They could honestly like take a massive shit on your chest and you'd stick up for them. It winds me up. If if we want to watch the friendlies, the option should be there. They're a multi-million pound company. Admittedly, the media department will not get multi-million pounds, but it is part of a multi-million pound company. It's all part and parcel of it. It's the same with the Aberdeen game a few years ago at home. Like Again, why wasn't that streamed by the club as well? Like Imagine like if... I don't know, that 50,000 people came in and watched that Aberdeen game. It's not just the money, which because they could advertise it. It's it's the fact that people all around the world will see more of Burnley Football Club. It's it's, it's more marketing and more mix, more exposure, makes the club bigger, makes the club better. They just don't think like that, and it, it winds me up. Like, why on earth? Like, I've mentioned it before. You may have mentioned, you may have heard it already if, if you're uh, a fan of Turfcast. If you're new to the show, I've got something to tell you. I work for Bradford City Football Club. I have been to three or four pre-season friendlies at Bradford City Football Club this season. They streamed one of them. We streamed one of them. If the League Two club can, can do it, Burnley can do it. And I, and it, I forgot. And it doesn't even annoy me. that the, the thing that annoys me the most is... Preston North End were like, we'll do it for you, lads. We'll do it for you. We'll just put it on our YouTube and all your fans can watch it. No, none of that. Do not stream our football games. Why? So what they did, they streamed <laughs> Phil Bird and whoever the other guy is. I think he's called Peter. Apologies if, you, if, you, if, if you're listening. Um, Got a posh voice, he? Yeah, he's very well spoken. He's very good at interviewing um, and he's very good core commentator with Phil. But 
turn the camera around. Why, why, why are we streaming, Phil and you, watching the game? That, that's that's like a podcast thing. That's what we do because we don't have the rights to stream the game. So we we do watch-alongs. By the way, if you are a fan of the watch-alongs, we'll be back for the Leicester game. Um, we do the watch-alongs. Just turn the camera around. Just turn it around. That's the only flaw I have in, in the argument. I, I under, If they don't want to stream it, just tell me you don't want to stream it, fam. But whatever, I'll but get why, over why it. Why don't you want to stream I'll it? Get, if, you, if, if you don't want to stream it, I want to know why. Yeah, I, I don't really care. But what I do, I've always had an issue with is when someone says something, I'm like, well, that's a lie. Because they are, they don't have the capabilities to stream it while streaming the comms cam. Just look foolish as a tweet. I saw the tweet and I thought, we just streamed comms cam. I know, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. But the fact we that they've streamed stream. games last season or shows, that they do. shows that they do have the facility. They, they might not have the facilities themselves, like Bradford City. We don't have the facilities ourselves at City, Bradford City. So it was a third-party company that worked with Bradford and Huddersfield Town who both streamed the games on their YouTube channels, a company that I used you to work for. One. So you, yeah, you well, did one for Leeds United what I mean. versus... Um, Harrogate. Not a non-league anymore, mate. Uh, Not non-league anymore. I was so camp, by the way, if you're watching on you. Um, but it's it, that's what I mean. Third-party companies do it for you. So why don't they just get in touch with third-party companies and say, we'll give you 500 quid. That's all your I, staff paid. And travel costs. If you want me to go on a rant, I understand your argument because you work in media. That's your argument. If you want my rant, I love marketing. I work with L'Oreal and stuff like that, and we work on branding and ideas. And for me, how this club doesn't... Well, well we're one of the few clubs that aren't on things like kitbag.com, you know, like selling his shirts over, the, over to the American followers that watch the Premier League. And like you said, the branding aspect, I think there could be more done yeah, to make us... Um, uh, if we're not going to earn money doing things and we don't want to, and we want to complain that the money's not there for this kind of club, there is avenues to earn another income. And that, that's one of them is, is the way that we market to sell. One thing that used to annoy me is when we have players like Joe Hart and Joey Barton who have more followers on their social media than the club do, is that every other club, when a new shirt would come out, they get the players to tweet, oh, look at this look at this new shirt or a picture of this. They didn't do that. They've started doing it now. So, hats off to the club. You've done that this season. I saw Jay tweet a picture and put it on Instagram. Chris Wood, I might have missed it. Uh, I might be wrong, sorry. I know Bailey did. Uh, Bailey tweeted a yeah, picture of him out in, in the kit. Yeah, but like that. either like, after the events, look at David Beckham, the stir he caused. It was media. He just put a picture of himself sat on graph. Yeah. You know, get, you know, even if Burnley, I'm talking like, we're not, we're not that complicated. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a picture of Andy Payton striking a ball into the turf net in the new shirt, everyone would be fucking buzzing for it because we're not, like you said, we're not that complicated. If you've got Brian Jensen picking up the old Burnley shirt, it, we don't need a David Beckham. We're not asking for a David Beckham. So don't come and it'd probably and be say, free. Beck Beckham would have, yeah, Beckham would have charged Man United about 10 grand for that Instagram post. Beast would have been like, yeah, I'll do it for free. Andy Payton would have done it for free. They'd have just done it to get a free shirt. That's all we Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, that's my rant for this week. I, I didn't expect that. Um, it, it just It's from the heart, you know what I mean? It's from the heart. <laughs> um, but as you can now see below, uh, we do have a fantasy Premier oh, League this is. season. Yeah, it's it's new. I ain't used it yet. I ain't used it yet. Uh, well, I have. I used it on the interview that I did oh, earlier in the week. With David Monday, no, you can't go on top of what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> with David Monday, the editor of FantasyFootballScout.co.uk, and as I've just said, we now have a league. The um, 
Where you join it is at the bottom of your screen. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, if you are not watching on YouTube and you are listening to the podcast in your car or driving, you can hear how to join it in just a second. Right, so as just mentioned, this season we are doing a Turfcast podcast, Fantasy Premier League. If you're watching on YouTube or on uh, Facebook on Friday night, you can see at the bottom now uh, details on how to join that league. Uh, just head to fantasy.premierleague.com and use the code Z. 223C to join. Entry is free and we're giving away £100 in prize money for the top three. So £75 for the winner, uh, £20 for second and uh, a father for third. Um, it's better than a pork in the eye in it, I guess. Uh, the other person you can see on screen now is David Monday. He is the editor of fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Thank you for coming on Turfcast, David. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to uh, to go and uh, talk to to more than just you know the usual football fans. I've been talking to Southampton fans um, over the summer, I've been to, and now I'm talking to Burnley fans. So it's nice to kind of uh, yeah talk a little bit specific about one particular team. And Burnley's got to be honest, one of my favourite teams to watch in the Premier League over the last few years. So it's uh, nice yeah. to be on. You know, it's it's refreshing to hear you say that because we get a lot of grief, not just as a football club, not sorry, not just as our style, but as a football club as well. So it it is refreshing to hear that someone actually enjoys watching us play. <laughs> well, it's what I love about the way that Sean Dyche sets his team up is it's no nonsense and it's yeah, and it's sort of no frills and spills and um, but at the same time very direct. I love watching, especially that the the centre forwards play. Um, Chris Wood, I'm a big fan of because. I mean, I think there was one stage last season when he was right up there with Jamie Vardy for big chances in some of the tables that we've got on Fantasy Football Scout. That's a really, really good number. So anyone who says that Burnley aren't worth watching, you're, just, you're perhaps just looking in the wrong place or expecting the wrong thing. They're all about getting direct up to the centre forwards and getting goals. And that's what I like to watch. Yeah, anyone that says Burnley aren't worth watching are just wrong. That's how I like to say it. Absolutely. Uh, but you mentioned you mentioned there, obviously, fantasyfootballscout.co.uk is your website. You mentioned that you have tables and things like that. If you just want to use this opportunity to tell people who might not be aware of you guys, the sort of things that you do on a, on a daily and weekly basis. Yeah, so Fantasy Football Scout is, um, in, well, in my humble opinion, the, the biggest and, and best uh, fantasy football site there is out there. That's so. not very humble. That's not very <laughs> humble. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, it's the brainchild of someone who hired me a long time ago. So, you know, I can I can sort of say that, having not really created it, I was given the keys yeah. by uh, by somebody else. So, so I feel like I can just about get away with it. But yeah, it just it, we we got some great stuff on there every season. Um, we we do a lot of detailed articles. We watch every game, every minute, analyze every minute and second of it, um, and you know. Look, look for things that maybe not necessarily everybody's got necessarily the time to, to see themselves. Um, so we'll do match reports on every game. We'll do nice preview bits ahead of every game as well, analysing um, which players we think are most likely to score on the next weekend using, as you mentioned there, we've got some tables, we've got graphs, we've got heat maps, uh, comparison tools. We, we have a, a season ticker that uh, helps you work out who's got the best fixtures and how that changes throughout the season. Uh, there's all number of tools and uh, tips that you can get there. Uh, so uh, if you want to sign up as a member, then uh, now's the best time to do it. Now's the, the cheapest time to do it as well and the best value as well, because then you'll get um, the whole season of all this. Uh, it's just so comprehensive, all this advice that we give. And we've got some of the best managers who uh, historically have done well at this game. I, I do OK. I'm mainly here just to kind of edit other people's articles who are better at the game than me. But we've got some guys who are top of our Hall of Fame who finished the top 1K top uh, 10k just a stupid number of times over the last 10 years um so we get some advice from some real experts as well so uh, yeah it's got everything that you could possibly need to plan for your team for the new season 
So by that logic, obviously, I know you just uh, confess that you're not that good yourself, but by the <laughs> logic of you reading all these articles that other people create, having a look at all these graphics that other people create, you'd be the perfect person to get on, say, a podcast to say, talk about a brand new league that somebody's just created. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I try not to do myself down too much. It's just um, I like to see myself as a steady Eddie, the guy that, that has all the information, the factual information. And if you want the, uh, you know, the real strategic masterstroke tips from uh, some of the top-level managers... Uh, then you can find them on Fantasy Football Scout as well. Uh, but yeah, I try and do the rounds as much as I can, uh, spreading the good word of Fantasy Football Scout because uh, I found it very helpful before I joined as editor and I find it even more helpful now that I'm you know, stuck into it so heavily. <laughs> well, obviously everyone wants the best team. That's obviously the aim of the game. You want to pick the best players in the best teams. So there's a little bit more to it than just picking the best players though, isn't there? If you, if, if you want to... Um, give someone sort of like the, the best tip that you could think before we get started or sort of like the best before you pick your team if you haven't already if you're thinking of joining the Turfcast podcast fantasy premier league after hearing this interview if you're going to sit down and choose your team what, what would it be the one tip that you could give somebody yeah i mean you, i think you've hit the nail on the head uh, perfectly in there when you mentioned it it's, it's not quite as simple as just getting all the best players and um and leaving it there i think my one tip I, if i diluted one or two tips into one <laughs> umbrella term would be look for balance in your team and uh, there's sort of two reasons for that number one is if you try and throw all the most expensive players in there you are going to leave yourself very short in other areas and you'll be you'll have a team full of 4.5 million midfielders uh, you know, 4.5 million um, strikers and 4 million defenders that just either won't play or when they do play, don't offer you very much. Um, so you, you have to kind of be very um, ruthless and and pick just some one or two key uh, premium midfielders and forwards. Uh, and then you're going to have to not have some others so that you've got the ability to have, you know, some maybe some 6 million midfielders that offer you a bit more value, maybe the best player in a mid-table team um, you know, uh, or to, I mean, Burnley are actually a, a great club for this because their prices are always uh, like perfect for value. So Dwight McNeil, I, I think, is a quality player. He's got excellent delivery. Yeah. Uh, I think he's six million this year. Um, Goodmanson, I think, is five point five because he's had his injury problems. But as we all know, when he's on his day and he's fit, quality there as well. And I talked about Chris Wood already, six point five million. Uh, Joe Rodriguez obviously loves shooting. It uh, doesn't necessarily always go in, but, you know, he, he shoots a lot and sometimes that can end up in the back of the net. So, and he's six million as well. So players like that are really key to your team. So have them in your team, I would say. But also it's just quite key to make sure that if you've got players in that sort of price point, it gives you that opportunity to a few weeks down the line, move on to some of the bandwagons a bit more easily. I think a lot of people find it quite easy to just give up on their team quite quickly. But if you set your team yeah. up with a nice balanced structure, you can manoeuvre yourself into the form players a lot more easily than if you just shoved all the 12 million players in there and everyone else was a load of rubbish. So, yeah, I know that's supposed to be one tip. Hopefully it counts as one <laughs> tip. But, um, yeah, that, that would be my main advice if you're building a team right now is balance. You mentioned a few Burnley players there as well. Obviously, this is a Burnley podcast. The majority <laughs> of people listening to this are going to be Burnley fans, if not all of them. Uh, we have one Everton fan that listens. I'm not sure if he's going to bother this season. Um, shout out to him if you're listening. But if, if you could choose one Burnley player, just one Burnley player, uh, who would you put in your team? Because as you mentioned, there's quite a few good ones. You did mention Nick Pope, um, but he I would imagine he'd be a good one with the amount of clean sheets he got last season. Obviously, Tarky gets the same 
clean sheets as well. Then you've got Chris Wood, like you say, Jay, like you say, he might not always go in, but when he does, he scores special <laughs> goals like he did at Man United and on to Chelsea yeah. as well. So if you could pick the one, just one Burnley player, who would you have in your team this season? Well, yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, you've mentioned some good guys there. I do, I do uh, quite enjoy a watching those guys play, but also be uh, owning them in fantasy. I think I will, I will come in on Pope actually, because I think he's a big talking point um, this season because he's gone up in price so much. Um, deservedly so, I think. I've been saying for a number of years that he's, he's I think, England's best goalkeeper, um, personally. Yeah. I'm sure that most Burnley fans would agree as well. Yeah. Um, what you get from him as a 5.5 million goalkeeper, it is tough. And I'm probably not going to own him right from the start because obviously Burnley don't play in the first game week. So to yeah. have such an expensive goalkeeper right from the start is tough. But when I do eventually wildcard, I will almost certainly have him there because normally a 5.5 million goalkeeper is maybe a De Gea or a Uris or, you know, uh, like a Schmeichel, a, a goalkeeper in, I guess, a top six team uh, who, in theory, keep a lot of clean sheets. But as we know, over the last couple of years, they don't necessarily. And yeah. they're in teams that control possession a lot more. So they don't really face too many shots and therefore don't make many saves. You then look at Pope, who for me is surely the best 5.5 million goalkeeper we're ever going to have because he plays in a team that keeps clean sheets on a regular basis. Um, the way the team's set up means that teams do still shoot quite a lot, but you obviously restrict it to mostly outside the box so they're easy saves. And then because he makes so many saves, he gets lots of bonus as well. So if we're talking about points potential versus how much you're paying, if you if you want a guy that can get clean sheets, saves and bonus points, just the whole spread of points that any goalkeeper could get, then Pope's your man. But like I said, I'm going to have to wait a little bit for the fixtures just to work a bit better for me to get him. But as soon as it happens, Pope's in my team. That's another thing I'm going to ask you about as well, because I, I've already built my team. Obviously, I built my team first, put it in the league. Uh, then I started advertising the league. And by the way, I th I've just had a quick look at the league uh, for well, the, the people in the league, for those who are thinking of joining. You need to get it done soon because obviously the Premier League starts this weekend. And I keep forgetting it starts this weekend because, as you mentioned, <laughs> Burnley don't play until the week after. So I keep, I've got I'm focused on that weekend. Uh, but I think there's over a thousand people in the league now. So you, you really need to get it involved as well. But that's what we're going to ask you. Obviously, there's I think there's four teams not playing in the first game week. And Burnley's one of them. Man United's another. Man City's one. I don't know who the fourth one is. Um, uh, I built my team and I put I think I put three Burnley players in it standard um, and I put a couple of City players in there and I've got Bruno in there from United is, is, have I just made like a big massive mistake <laughs> and I need, now need to start the entire team all over again Oh, it, it's really tricky. I mean, you know, we, we've had all sorts of uh, obstacles to overcome fantasy Premier League managers in the last six months, uh, you know, with the, the way the Premier League has had to go. And we've got another one, which, as you mentioned, there's those teams not playing. Aston Villa's the, the fourth one. So we're not so bothered about them. There's not too many players yeah, cool. I'm too bothered there. Um, like I said, it is frustrating because I do want Pope. Um, but yeah, the big talking point is Man City and Man United, because I think um, you know, they, I think they're clubs that most people are going to be looking at. Bruno Fernandes obviously did very well last season. I really like the look of Marcus Rashford and Greenwood as well. Um, and Man City, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I don't even need to talk about why some of their players are so yeah. good. We all, we all know that, don't we? So then there's several ways around that particular problem. I don't know what's the right or wrong answer. I guess it comes down to what you maybe want to do as a fantasy manager, but um, you could maybe just start the season with none of those players in those clubs and maybe wildcard in sort of game week two or three. Personally, don't want to do that. I like to hold on to the wild card. You could maybe have none of their players and uh, use your free transfers to maybe get some of them in. A lot of people are looking at a Bamiyang near the start of the season. He's now a midfielder because he plays on the left for Arsenal rather than down through the middle. 12 million. So if you uh, have him for the first two fixtures, of course, Man City don't play. 
in game week three, you can very easily just switch him to De Bruyne or switch him to Sterling, and that's quite painless. Um, of course, if you want others around that, then maybe you've got to have a different strategy. If you want, you know, Fernandez and Rashford as well as, you know, your Man City midfielder. Um, and, and that's probably the route I'm going to go down, though, is is, is to, to switch Aubameyang to Sterling. But I may also have someone cheap on my bench like Greenwood or Foden, something like that. So you're invested in those teams you know you're going to want to have. It means you take the pressure off having to play a wild card, but you're not, you know, if you bench De Bruyne again week one, you're just not going to be able to start anyone worth having. But you bench Greenwood, you bench Foden, someone like that. Um, they're cheap enough to allow you to spend elsewhere. And you've got that Manchester player ready. So that's that's probably what I'm going to do. But you, you're right to say it's a very tricky situation to try and overcome. Yeah, I, I just logged back in and I saw my team again. I'm like, I, I've not thought that through really there. I should, I should really <laughs> should really change a few players. Uh, but one thing I do want to confess is I've actually not played fantasy uh, Premier League for, for quite some time. I've played like two, three, maybe even four years. I mean, I did really well back then. Um, but when I started it back up again, I'm one of them players that starts it and then just not gets bored, but I'll forget one week. So I'll have a bad week and then I get demotivated and stuff like that. So so what's is there anything that, that will have changed uh, for uh, for when I log back in and, and there's, uh, and you know, this sort of like different sort of community, for example, or some different sort of rules and guidelines that, that I might not know about? Yeah, so I mean, if you've not played it in a number of years, you may uh, perhaps not have noticed some of the chip changes they've had in the last number of years. So obviously there's the triple captain, which is your normal captain doubles your points. Your triple captain yeah. obviously triples them. You can only use it once a season. A um, lot of pressure on that. It burns a hole in your back pocket all the time. When's the best time to play it is, is a big question that everybody's always asking. Uh, you've got the bench boost as well, which gives you all the points for your bench. Um, and there's the free hit as well, which is a bit like a it's a temporary wild card. They used to have this thing called all out attack, where you could on one week change your formation so that you were going two five three, so you only had yeah. to field two defenders. Uh, they scrapped that quite quickly and replaced it with the free hit. And the free hit is usually best used around a blank game week, um, where maybe some teams aren't playing. Annoyingly, you can't use it game week one because that would be perfect to pick a one off team when Man United, Man City, yeah. and Burnley aren't playing, and then you know, go for another one. But you have to play at some point later in the season. So you have those three chips, uh, the bench boost, the triple captain, and then the free hit on top of two wild cards that you use to help navigate through the season. Um, and uh, yeah, but in terms of uh, outside of the actual game itself, the community of fantasy football in the last four years has just completely ballooned into something crazy. I mean, I, mean, I I've played it for a long time. I've played it for maybe, maybe 11, 12 years, something like that. But it's only in the last, well, yeah, four years that um, I've sort of shifted into working on it because the demand is just so high. Everybody loves it. And we're finding, generally speaking, that people are sticking around a little bit longer. There's less and less people every year that give up after a few weeks because uh, credit to fa uh, Fantasy Premier League themselves, they've done a very good job of capturing people's kind of attention and focusing them in on how they can solve their problems on the next game. We very nicely on their channels. And if I can say so myself, Fantasy Football Scout, that's what we aim to do as well putting out uh, content every week uh, to keep people interested. You know, this went wrong for your team this week, but, you know, the player that you captained, they did shoot three times and hit the bar, so maybe they're a bit unlucky. So maybe just, you know, hold off one more week, hold that player, and you'll probably, you know, come off better next week. That's, that's generally speaking, the type of content that we like to sort of put out. And then usually it work, it pays off. I, I find that um, football fantasy managers who have a bit of patience with their team, uh, you know, not just selling players left, right and centre, giving them a chance. Um, tend to have a good year. And the more and more people access our content, the more and more people access the Fantasy Premier League content and realise that strategy is quite helpful and quite engaging, more mm -hmm. of them stick around is what we found. So the community is just massive now. 
Let's get more into the tip side of things then. Uh, obviously, we, we've done the Burnley players. Um, just the one player then. I know there's, there's going to be um, your, your Salah. You've mentioned uh, you've mentioned De Bruyne. There's Salah. Also Harry Kane as well. Or Bamianga. You mentioned. There's a lot of players out there that that are very very good, but will be very very expensive as well. But if you could choose just just one player out of the entire Premier League that that has to go in your team, who, who is it for you? Who, who's gone in your team this year that you just had to have him in that team? Yeah, so um, I'll come back to Aubameyang on this one, I think. And he's not necessarily my favourite fantasy asset because he's, he's let me down a few times in, in recent years. Um, but he, he, but he, the thing is, the weird thing is, even if, he do, even if he lets you down at the point in time where you need him to deliver, if you were to just hold him, for the last two years, he scored over 200 points. Um, mm. And now, of course, he's switched to a midfielder. Midfield players get more points for goals scored than forwards do. Uh, and, of course, he can get clean sheet points as well. So... Um, we, we worked out that if he had been a midfielder last year, he would have had something like 230, 240 points, which is which is massive. Um, yeah. And then um, his ownership at the start of this season is going to be really high. So when we talk about players I desperately want to have in game week one, I, I often have sort of the fear of missing out. And that's not a bad thing to have in fantasy, because if you don't have the players that are doing well, that everyone else has, you're not going to have a very good year. Um, yeah. And because he's there in lots of people's teams, uh, and got two very nice fixtures for the first two game weeks. Probably going to be the guy I captain game week one because um, Arsenal are away at Fulham. Uh, then for me, he's just an absolute must own. And just going back to my other strategy before, I'm not saying I'm going to own him for a long time, but he's kind of the perfect cash cow because if I want a Man City midfield player, um, the best way to sort of create a placeholder in my squad for a Man City player is to own a Bamiyang because he's 0.5 uh, more expensive than De Bruyne and Sterling. So it means that when Arsenal's fixtures get a bit more difficult and Man City's fixtures get a lot nicer, that's in game week three, I can make a very easy switch. So lots and lots of reasons to like a Bamiyang. And ironically, one of those reasons is I can sell him quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy days. And obviously, there's a lot of bargains out there as well, or the people are always looking for bargains as well. Because, like you say, you can't just have uh, all the 12 million players in there, or whatever the most expensive one uh, player is in there. So, who's the best sort of like bargains? Uh, what you can ch choose one or choose a few people that we should be looking out for that are not as expensive as the rest of the players. Maybe only six, seven million, for example. But but you really should be having them in your team. Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, it's really hard to find these at the start of any new season, but um, for, especially this year, because we're not seeing quite as many preseason games, so it makes it slightly harder yeah. for us to have an idea. I mean, I've always referenced John Lundstrom last year, who was just an absolute uh, legend for fantasy managers, although I, I do appreciate his biggest haul of the season was against Burnley, so maybe I should uh, keep quiet. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a but in the office for us that day. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird game. I don't think I've ever seen yeah. Burnley get so outplayed. It was very strange, but anyone who had Lundstrom didn't mind too much, so... Um, yeah, but he was started off as a four million defender, which we don't normally get too many of those that start games. And this year, it's a bit tricky. We think maybe Tyrick Mitchell at Crystal Palace might be the one to turn to, but only really for the short term because he's getting a stint in the team because Van Anholt obviously is out injured at the moment. Uh, so I, I just I'll name check him because I think first few weeks probably going to get something from him um but in terms of value um I, I quite like the look of Shea Adams which a lot of people have laughed at me for because of course he had a terrible year last year um and especially near the beginning he was getting chances but he was missing them and of course Danny Ings is sort of almost the obvious guy right because he yeah. had such an incredible year a, a, another great guy in Burnley's history as well um so I'm sure there'll be Burnley fans that'll be dying to have him in their team I think I think I think I think I've got him actually to be honest with you I think he was my, <laughs> my cheapest striker up top 
He he does he does look so good, and I I can't really say that he's I can't really say that he's not going to have another good year like it because I I I know what his quality is, and we all know mm. um what he how good he was before he went to Liverpool before he got injured uh yeah. for Burnley. So the quality is there. I think he's going to have a good year. But the problem slight issue with it he is slightly more expensive than last year. He's eight point five million now, which obviously is more than last year. He was so good last year because even if he didn't score, he, you knew he'd probably score next week, and that's fine because he only cost me about six million. But when he's a bit more expensive you might be a bit more itchy to sell him. So that's why I'm looking at Adams, because actually in the last four matches of last season, um, Adams actually outscored Ings. He shot more than Ings. His, his chances were of higher quality, so his XG was higher. He had more shots on target than Ings and more touches in the box than Ings uh, for 2.5 million cheaper. So if he can keep that going, which he seems to be doing in pre-season, um, you can only read so much into it, but the signs are there, then maybe... Adams might not necessarily score the same number of points as Ings, but if he goes close and saves you 2.5 million, then I think Adams could be a really good outside differential bet to uh, get a bit of value in your squad uh, for the start of the season. Well, my next question was going to be, who's going to sort of like surprise people the most? Or who do you think people's going to surprise? Uh, uh, sorry, player that's going to surprise people the most. But obviously, Che Adams will, will probably fit that bill. Do you think <laughs> there's going to be anyone else out there that, that might surprise a few people? Or, or, or a team, for example, that might surprise a few people. Obviously, we've not mentioned Leeds yet. Leeds are going to be yeah. very interested in, in the Premier League and the Fantasy Premier League market. There's a few, I think I've got Ailing in mind. I think Ailing will have a good season in the Premier League. He gets forward on the left as well. Uh, mm. I think Charlie Taylor a little bit too expensive for me. But um, Leeds, for example, they could surprise surprise a lot of people on the Fantasy League and, and the Premier League circuit as well. Yeah, when you said a team that could surprise, uh, my, my go-to was going to be Leeds. Because I think... I think a lot of people, I think there's a lot of younger fans, I suppose, which uh, it feels depressing to say because I'm only 28, but um, a lot of younger fans will, will perhaps not really kind of understand necessarily what Leeds really represent in, in, in the Premier League. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, most of us who've been around long enough do get it. But it has been a long, long time since Leeds were in the Premier League. 16 years is a long time. Um, those of us who can remember them playing in the Premier League just know how big a team they are and how much they know it. The, 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 these Leeds players know how big they are and they're really going to puff their chests out and really give this season a good go, I think. Not even, ju- not even just for their own sake or for the fans' sake, but just because they love Bielsa so much. I've yeah. been chatting to a couple of um, Leeds reporters at the start of the season because we always at Fantasy Football Scout like to profile in detail as much as possible any new teams that come up. So we did quite a lot of work on, on Leeds. And what we were hearing from all the reporters we spoke to was that Bielsa already, even though he's only been there two years, has this kind of godlike status to the point that the players will just like run through brick walls for him. They'll just do anything for him. Um, He's very good at taking a team and making them kind of bigger and better than some of their parts. Um, It's going to be tricky, I think, actually, to necessarily identify where the fantasy angle is at the beginning, because actually, for all I've just said, Bamford is quite wasteful as a centre-forward. Rodrigo's obviously come in and will probably challenge his minutes. Um, Hernandez, I think, is probably their best player when he starts, but he's not getting any younger, so he might have his minutes managed. So then, actually, Ailing is probably one of the best ones to look at because he's nailed on to play in defence and, as you say, does like to get forward. So I'll expect in a few weeks' time, once we know what that Leeds team's going to look like in the Premier League and how they're going to play, then you know I could probably say with a bit more certainty, I think he's the guy to go for, he's the guy to go for. But my eye will certainly be on them because I do expect someone to emerge from Leeds. Yeah, well, uh, that's pretty much it for me then, uh, David. But absolutely fantastic having you having you come on the show. If you haven't already, David, you're more than welcome to join the Fantasy Premier League as well. Obviously, 
you might have a bit of a slight advantage that you fact that you are you are the editor of fantasyfootballscout.co.uk, but because you said earlier on you weren't that good yourself, uh, I, thought, I thought I'd offer you, I thought I'd offer you an invite on on as well. Um, and obviously, if you win, happy days. It's seventy five pound for the winner. Uh, if you haven't already, details are at the bottom of how you can join. A big thank you to you, David, for coming on, and I might get get you on later on in the in the season. Have another chat. I, I, I intend to to do this for like once every couple of weeks, couple of months, get some different people on, of course, and just sort of like chat of how the league is going and stuff. So hopefully we'll see you again and thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, as I said, if, if anyone particularly enjoyed any of the tips that I've given and would like a little bit more information, then head over to uh, fantasyfootballscout.co.uk for considerably more than I could condense into 20 minutes of, uh, of a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, definitely do that. And uh, like I said, David, absolute pleasure having you on. And hopefully we will see you again uh, later in the season. Right, so big thank you to David for coming on the show. As he mentioned there in the podcast, uh, sorry, in the interview, just head to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk if you want to uh, hear more from David and get more tips and things like that. They do weekly things. Uh, the information on how to join the podcast is below. If you missed it at the start of the interview with David um, and you're listening onto the podcast, all you have to do is head to fantasy.premierleague.com and use the code Z223C6 to join. Entry is free and we are giving away 100 English pounds in prize money now sterling. i went on to the app sterling that's legal tender i went on to the app today and honestly i can't count them because there's there's so many people so many people in the league i honestly Hundreds. believe no i think it's over a thousand minutes now I, I might you be wrong this what I mean? we're not complicated folk because burley fans put 100 quid on table they don't hey. <laughs> they won't honestly it's not even just burley fans there's like there's loads of people in there it's like i was seeing like names like I don't know, something about De Gea or one of them were about, and one of them were about like De Bruyne. I was like, what? Where have you where, where have you seen this? But I guess a few retweets and that, and it can get to anybody, but it is open to anybody. If you're not a Burnley fan and you listen to the podcast, number one, what are you doing with your life? Number two, you can you can join the podcast, uh, you can join the fantasy league anyway. So um get involved because more people the merrier. I think it's over a thousand. Like I said, I can't count it. I just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, so it looked like it were over a thousand. I'm gonna look like an idiot, and after the first week, it'll be like six hundred, and I'll be nowhere near a thousand, and everyone will give me shit. But um, have you joined it yet? I have joined it, and that's my question for you. We are a Burnley podcast. We are a, a Burnley fan base, and granted, there might be other fans in this community that you've uh, you've created. So, who's your go-to Burnley first eleven selection? Well, it's funny you should ask me that because I asked David Monday the exact same question, and obviously, you will all just heard it. Simon hasn't heard it, so I'll let Simon guess. Who do Go you on. think is his player? Well, I'll let you guess. Who do you think his go-to player was? Pop. Correct. It has to be, doesn't it? it, has it absolutely to be, has to be. Go on, then. Um, I'll, me... I'll stir it up a bit, then. I'll pick another. I'll, I've, got, I've got two in mass. Well, two in mass. But I, I've just honest. looked. I've just looked, and I have, I have, I have two at the minute. But I'm going to take them both out because of what I've just heard in the interview. We don't play in the first week, so it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid that that we're. That we're um... No, I've got three actually. I've got three. Um, got, so it's stupid. Fair, I got three. I thought I was in it. <laughs> So um, there's no point in them three being there. So I'm going to take them out. I'm going to take them out and try and get them back in over the course of the season and stuff. Because the first week we're not playing, and the second game week it's a tough game at Leicester anyway. So I might read you get a bit. And obviously you can if you if you've already done your team, you can you can make as many jigs as you want at the minute because the season hasn't started. But I've got Charlie Taylor in, and if you just listen to the interview with David Monday, I told him that I haven't got him in, but I have. I've got him in. Um, Chris Wood and Bailey Peacock Farrell is on the bench. Nick Paul, Taylor, and McNeil. Yeah, it's got to be. It, 
As much as I love Torque, and Torque is um, the linchpin, as I've said, in our Burnley side IRL, um, Taylor's going to get more points on, on fantasy, surely, because he goes forward as well and, and can get an assist. Having said that, Torque popped up with a couple of goals that. last season. I think that. My, so that, that my, was my thinking behind it. I'm terrible at fantasy leagues. I think I've finished second once. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I've gone for like wing-backs as all my defenders. That's my tip. Yeah, there you go. Um, as mentioned, uh, Simon, I'm saying this to you now, not to the listeners. I've just interviewed David Monday. I know I've said it a few times, uh, but you obviously haven't heard it yet. Everyone who's listening to the pod or watching on, on YouTube or Facebook on Friday night, um, they'll have just heard it, so they'll have heard all the tips. So I recommend downloading it, Simon, and listening to the other podcast that you feature on for I the will, first time in your will. life it's funny you to actually that. get some tips. I was thinking of doing that myself because, like you said, I don't listen back because I don't like hearing my own voice. But, um, yeah, no, I will listen voice. to that. Happy days, happy days. Um, so let me know what Burnley players you've got in your team as well. Um, <laughs> get in touch with the page. If you haven't already joined it, you can win 75 quid if you win. If you have three teams, you could win all 100 quid. I'm not stopping people putting 50 teams in if they want. More the merrier. Um, I couldn't be asked with all that responsibility though three different teams so just the one team for me i don't know what i'm going to do by the way because i'm in it and if i win it what, what do we do well i've won it yeah fair enough but, uh, yeah, there'll be people going ah oh, bullshit you can't do that um <laughs> but, yeah, i'm in it so if i win it i win it um i'll just save 75 quid right cheers paul True, I bet Johnny Tate and um, some of the other people that have been on the watch along, like Jared, Neil, uh, Quilter as well, uh, I bet they'll all be, all be thinking, oh, sod that, I'm having it. Um, I, I, I asked David Money to be in it as well. Um, he said he wasn't that good, so hopefully hopefully he's, watch this, he comes in and blows all out at water. Um, but anyway, moving on, big thank you to David. Uh, as mentioned, it was a good interview and I enjoyed doing something different there uh, with David. But this week, I asked the question on Pitch Sports because, uh, as mentioned, they are continuing our um, sponsorship. I will put their banner up at the bottom now to make it all nice and smooth. Um, they are continuing their sponsorship out for the season. That's the wrong point. You point down, Luke. Uh, for the season. And this season, uh, sorry, this week on the, on the Fan Time video, I ask a question on Fan Time video every single week. I ask a question, put it out to you guys. You give me your responses. And every time someone answers on the app, no matter what the response is, unless it's like homophobic, you know, racist, I don't read them out. We haven't had one yet. Uh, but every single person does get a readout and a shout out. So this week, I asked you the question. I will uh, let Simon answer it now. Where do you think Burnley will finish in the Premier League this season? Go. Twelve. Oh, he's gone for 12. Well, obviously, it's, it's a little difficult to say at the minute. Um, yeah, I think, it depends it, I on think the signings, everything. But it depends no, on who talking. leaves. It depends on who leaves, more importantly. Um, I'm, I'm going to go around the same area. If we lose Torque, I'll bat your hand off now for 17th. It'll be an absolute slog. if we Because we've got no one to step into it, thanks to Crybaby going off to Middlesbrough, then going down to Norwich. Which, by the way, you couldn't get any further away from where you wanted to be, moron. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Um, I like it. Are you not political now? He's left. Um, I like it. That's a good lad, though. Under my breath, you didn't hear me. Oh, did you? I didn't hear it. <laughs> nice prick. Um, anyway, thank you for all those who got in touch. If you haven't already, we will be doing a new video uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, so look out for that on our social media channels. If you don't follow us on social media, please do. Um, first response Jimmy Carpenter. I think we will finish 12th. Uh, you, agrees with you, Simon. Good if we bring in a couple of first-team quality players, then top half is definitely possible. Uh, Big K, I'm happy with... Uh, uh, start again. I'm happy between 12th and 10th because it will still mean small-town club punching above its weight in the Premier League. 
FPL Claret. Feels like a lottery this season. If everyone stays fit, good point. I forgot about the likes of JBG and uh, Breda. Uh, JBG returns to form will be signed in a couple of key places. Top 10 is easily possible. If me or Tarky get long-term injured and we don't have a good backup, then it could be a relegation scrap. Uh, Lindo, it's good to see you. Ma- oh, I won't read that one on here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I will. I think we will finish 12th. No signings yet. No ambition. We'll float to the Premier League. Just to point out that out, this is a guy that never rings me and now he'll be laughing his head off listening to the podcast and he'll probably already not even got to this point before he rings me. Um, Chris Harris, with this current crop of players, I think we will finish 14th. Our squad has gotten weaker and teams around us have improved. I agree with the second part of that. Mm. Um, to be honest, I think this is Dash's last season here. Potentially could be. Uh, that's a different you said debate. that every year, though. Yeah, Burnley FC for life. Uh, mid-table, Carts... No, it's just Burnley life. I don't know why I said that. Uh, mid-table, Cartsy is finishing below 15th, though. Neil Layfield, friend of the podcast, he says, similar to this season, I think, anyway, from 10 to 12, as it stands, if key players leave, it will obviously be a lot worse. So pretty much... <laughs> you look well bored there, Simon, by the way. Oh, no, uh, pretty, much, pretty much everyone's saying the similar sort of thing. If we lose Tarks or Pope or Wood or Dwight... <laughs> or all four, um, then we're going to be in for a long old. If we finish all, if we lose all four, then we will break the record of Derby County. But even our board's not that bad. Um, but yeah, everyone pretty much agreeing with us there. I think it's fair to say, si. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting season again. It's, it's but again, this time last season, I like to refresh everyone's memory. We were probably saying the same thing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be battle. We're not brought anyone in. It, it's the same thing every year, and we somehow turn out. All right, so let's hope that that continues. I am nervous, I am worried, but I'm not guaranteeing it will turn out all right, but I'm, I'm hoping it will. Um, and we probably, you know, if we did have a relegation fight or, or God forbid, even got relegated, you know, we, we Burnley fans have argued that we're a small-town club punching above his weight, borrowed time, all these things. You know, you've got to, you've got to keep a positive attitude, I think, because it doesn't help thinking that we're above his weight for me. No, I, I don't like that term. Uh, we are where we are on merit. We deserve to be where we are, regardless yeah. of the size of the town. If anything, we should be pushing on. We should have the attitude of, let's continue to improve. Let's get into Europe. Who gives a shit if we're a small town? We are a, a, an established Premier League club now. Let's push on to the next level. That's what the attitude that we you should have. And to do that, and to flip do that flip it over indeed. What do you mean flip it over? Go on, I'll let you expand. Because you got like you, you barely keep Peacock Farrell looks internationally like he should be pushing... Port for that number one. Do you know what I mean? It, it, there's no way Pop's going. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, not many people have keepers as good as we do on the bench. Uh, Joe Hart were included in that list. You know, he's still a caliber player. Whatever people's opinions are of him, um, and then you've got this Richardson coming through the ranks at 17 years old. Is there and playing in pre-season, um, and then we we are trying to develop this under 23. So you've got to look at what what we're building underneath, not necessarily just what's on that 11 on the pitch. Uh, yeah, but the, the the point is that I was going to go before you said flip it over randomly. Um, is I think for me to get to that next level, you've you've got to you've got to take risks, and it's, we just yeah, seem as a club that yeah. we refuse to take any risks. Like the, the next point on the on the running order was transfer activity, or in brackets, or lack of. And it wouldn't worry me that much because the squad did so well last season. But look at Sheffield United just signed three players in one day. Newcastle United have just signed three players. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, why aren't we? I, I don't expect people are going to go, oh, yeah, but Newcastle is run by Mark Ashley. He owns a multi million pound company. Fair enough. Same with Sheffield United, or backed by a Saudi prince or something. I don't know. I don't really care. Like but people said the same thing about Bournemouth as well and stuff. And it never really worked. Leeds have got a lot of money as well. Now they're in the Premier League. 
they're gonna they're bringing in players. I can't remember his name. That lad, that Spanish lad. Uh, sorry, the lad from La Liga. And it's just all these teams around us are now strengthening, and we're standing still. If, if that continues to happen, we will go down. The fact that we have an aging squad, regardless of, of how much you like Loughton and Bardsley, and I'm the same, I love them both, they, are, they, are, they aren't getting any younger. So we're going to need to bring in a right back now, ideally now, to come in and learn the Burnley way and stuff like that and then step into their shoes when one of them retires or, 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 or leaves and gets out to another club. We just seem to be standing still and I don't really know why. No, I mean, I mean, going back to the sorry, I, like I hundred percent, that's ambition. That that for me is ambition, and that's something that we massively lack. What I'm talking about is is a punching above the weight. Just to clarify that, I don't think we are. I think we're building from the ground up. I don't think we're as this club is small town and it like we have actually building a massive infrastructure underneath this thing. It's like a duck hunt on water in it, and, and that's the way I look at it. We're going to football club the, the from the training ground to the development squad to the category A. Um, what they call it, development, what they call it? Academy. Academy. To, to, from the category academy to producing players like Dwight McNeil and not only that, producing players like Tarkovsky. It's not just, he's not come in a ready-made defender, mate. He came in, sat in the bench for 12 months and now, now he's worth arguably £50 million. So we are building an infrastructure. As terms of ambition, we are massively lacking. But that's, like you said, have we got the money to gamble? I think we do, but I, I can't see the books. Yeah, well, we can't see the books, can we? But if you all you have to do is look at the fact that we brought in X amount of money for the last amount of years we've been in the Premier League. Um, it, it should really be there. Then there's the sales of of Keane as well and things like that and Heaton as well. Um, it's it's just it's just frustrating. But anyway, um, moving on because I know you've got a you've got a shooting uh, in uh, about ten minutes. Um, let's get some Premier League preview action and some Premier League previews. Now, the highlight of this is you probably going to tell me that Chelsea are finishing the bottom half and then I'll go and win the league again. So oh, okay. like that, that, that was one from last season, if you don't remember. Simon did suggest that Chelsea would finish in the bottom half. I think, where did they finish? With fourth in the end or fourth. third? I think United finished third, didn't they? I, said they, um, I think they struggled to get in top 10. I, just, I genuinely did. I don't think that that young squad with a young manager had enough to compete for a Champions League at all. But unbelievable job by Lampard. And the yeah, time they did really well. this year, Christ. Yeah, Someone exactly. Else, it could, it could be. I know. It's. I think because they've had so many transfer windows, um, where they can't make any signings. I think they've sort of like made up for that now and just spent, 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 and, and just gone absolutely mental with it. Um, but let, let's get some predictions in. Then uh, we'll start at the bottom. Interestingly, who do you think will get relegated? Um. I think Villa will get relegated, and I hate to say this, if they don't change the manager pretty imminently, unfortunately. I don't want to see people lose their job, and I think he's apparently a really nice guy. But um, I think that they need, for the players, the kind of players that they're trying to buy, I think they need a different type of manager. So the football they want to play, etc. That's that's for me. Uh, would I have him as a Burnley manager if Dash left? Yeah, to be fair, I don't think he's a bad manager. I just think for that style, it probably doesn't suit that kind of club. Um, uh, Villa. God, it's an odd one. Villa, Villa for me are, are the the key ones that are, I don't really see where they're going. Um, go on, you give me one. You know what? Oh, I, God, uh, Villa was my wild card, whereas you're saying Villa, Villa is you're pretty much guaranteed. Villa's Villa, everyone. Uh, everyone always has a wild card, and I would tie in between Leeds or Villa. Um, I still think Leeds might go. I'm not convinced on Leeds. 
Um, as much as I do like Marcelo Bielsa, um, which I don't really, I say that through gritted teeth about anything to do with Leeds United. Um, I do like Marcelo Bielsa and I do like watching Leeds under Marcelo Bielsa. They are very good to watch. Um, so we're toying between them and Villa. Again, I still think Leeds could go. Um, but Villa's my wild card, and I wasn't expected to agree with you on this. I thought we were going to have a heated debate about how Tom Eaton will keep him in the league quite easily um, with his sick haircut. But I think for me, uh, it all depends on Jack Grealish. It all depends on Jack Grealish. I can't see him being there at the end of the transfer window. And yes, they've signed Ollie Watkins, uh, just announced within the last hour or so. Um, and I think he's a good player. I'd have had him at Burnley. But I, don't, I think if... Where's the service going to come from? Uh, once Grealish leaves again, Brentford, aren't you? They get an absolute. Yeah, you have. Uh, it, it's it's always one of them teams. It happened to Ajax, different sort of level. It happened to Ajax when they got <laughs> to the bit. Champions League semi final a few years ago. Uh, they just got picked off by our bigger sides. It's happening to Brentford now. We should have been circling, but obviously not. Um, but if they lose Jack Grealish, I'm struggle to see where they're going to get that creative spark from. I like John McGinn in the midfield as well, but it just don't have that spark uh, that Jack yeah. Grealish has. And I'm, I'm I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. I said at the start of. Uh, few podcasts last season I don't rate Grealish um, simply because I've never seen him play in the Premier League I I, I have the same opinion now as Calvin Phillips I don't see how he's in that England squad when all he's ever played is in the Championship I didn't like how this everyone had this big hoo-ha about Jack Grealish when all he ever really played is in the Championship he stepped up in the Premier League he did really really well Um, he absolutely bossed us on he he won won Villa that game on New Year's Day here at Turf Moor I wish he'd stop rolling around on the floor and stuff, but that's just a given for for anyone these days because we're getting old and stuff and we're Burnley fans and we like it. Like, like ooh, tough. Um, but for me, Villa. Villa's mine. Villa's my wild card. I think my other two West um, guaranteed. West Ham, you're going out. You're pushing more mm. out, you. Out West Brom for me. Uh, West, West Brom. West Ham and West Brom. Uh, West Brom and Fulham. Uh, Fulham, yeah. They just don't, they just don't buy properly. They just throw money at people and... I'm 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 still surprised they came up. To be honest, I think that they were good enough last season. They they started lockdown again in poor form. Uh, I think at one point it was only them that could really catch leads and stuff, or, or the top two leads in West Brom. I'll forget who I said. <laughs> the end of the year, I'm I, I didn't. I didn't write down last. I didn't write down last year. I just remember your ridiculous comment about Chelsea. That's the only reason why I remember yeah. it. Um, so for me, Villa, Fulham, and West Brom. For you, Villa, West Ham, and West Brom. That'll really work. Who's your um, who's your sort of like surprise package this year? Because obviously Burnley, Sheffield United are surprised last year. I think who's... Sheffield United will struggle this year. My surprise strugglers will be Sheffield United. We could be the surprise strugglers if we sell Target. Or it won't be so much of a surprise if we sell Target, to be fair. Um, in terms of going forward, or should I say to the right, uh, the, the top of the league, I think um, I'm not too sure. To be honest, I think it'll be pretty much Everton's only really you really one that you can look at in terms of when you look some at the signings at the end. It's some good signings. They've done it before though, haven't they? Where they made some good signings ever ever. Good manager this time. Um yeah, they do have a good manager. That was the point I was gonna make just then. Um it's a lot better than Marco Silva, put it that way. Um but yeah, I think Everton travesty. <laughs> uh, I know, yeah. Uh, apparently, you've got a similar agent or the same agent as Hamid Rodriguez, so that's where that moves come from. Um, and obviously, he's worked under him at Bayern Munich and Real Madrid as well. Um, but yeah, Everton for me. But I don't think they'll finish in the top four. I think maybe seventh or something. I think they'll be the best of the rest. What is yours? Um, Everton, by any chance? Well, Everton, I'm excited to see. Um, 
how they turn it out. I, I, you know, I think I'm always excited to see players come. I know Alan's a good player from Napoli. I've, I've seen him play a few times. He's a quality player. He's the kind of player I didn't think everything would have the calibre to buy. What's his and last thought, name? Alan. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> and, uh, if I was at Palace, I think Hodgson gets, uh, he gets these little ruts sometimes. And if he can just iron that out, it'd actually have a really good Good squad. Again, Palace, good squad. Palace are another one that I think could struggle um, yeah, good, if they lose Zaha. But then they play games where they go 10 without a fecking win. Uh, and then they'll win on the bounce or something. It's just that they're, they're a funny side. And I think if they could iron out their problems that are probably defensive, they, they'd, be a, they'd be a decent side. And they made a couple of good signings, that, uh, especially that one from QPR. I can't remember his name now, but he had a good season. Um. Second, third, and fourth. Who do you think is going to finish? In in fact, no. Just give me a chat. Tell me who do you think is going to win the league? City. City. Oh, again, I'm annoyed. I wanted to have an argument about this. I think City. I think City. I think because if if Liverpool Santiago, I'll change my mind. However, Liverpool was so focused on that Premier League last season because they hadn't won it for so long and they came so close the season before. That was the be-all and end-all for them. They had to win that. Jurgen Klopp had been in their faces. This is this club. You have to win it. They will not have that desire this season. Um, I think they'll take the foot off the gas and I think they might struggle to keep pace with City. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying finishing third. I do think they'll finish second, but I think Chelsea could push them for third. I think they'll yeah, be closer be to good. Chelsea in third than City at the top of the league. I think United might surprise how they can keep there because some of their signings, they are like, they're not panic buyers for once. They're they're actually shrewd. This is what we want and this is where we want you to play sort of signings. Uh, they're not buying names for the for buying sake. Um I think United, uh, you know, it's time for Oli to show what he's about now. He's, he's got the signings he wants. He's got a squad that's good enough. Um, let's see if he can do it. I think Oli's got his got his time to show it, basically. If he doesn't do it now... I think that, that for me is why. That's for me. I'm going to put City top, Liverpool second, Chelsea third, and United fourth. I just, I just don't rate Oli. I just don't think he's a good enough manager. I don't I, think he's I got the experience. Don't. I think they'd have been better it's, with Mourinho. Yeah, it's ridiculous how how Poch is is still there and still available, and they've not snapped him up. It's ridiculous that Ancelotti's at Everton, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's at Manchester United. You'd think, if anything, that should be the other way around. Obviously, apart from the fact that Ole played for United in terms of managerial experience and things, I like what United have done in the transfer market, but I think for them, they might be better in like two, three years because a lot of them are young and they will get better as time goes on. But for me, if they had a better manager, they might be pushing for second. Um, but the fact that they don't, I think I'm going to leave it there and leave them in fourth. Yeah. No, I, I, haven't, I haven't got really a prediction on United. I just think that it's now his time to sort of like prove his worth. He's had a couple of years to get in and settle. He's got the signings he wants, and they're, and they're very good signings. I must admit, like Fernandez, I wouldn't have even... Expected half of what he did at United last season, and the players that they've yeah. got in now look like they could just be as important. So let's have a look. And Greenwood as well coming through, mate. He's on his way home now already, but he's, uh, yeah, he's a top shagger player, mate. He's a top shagger, top goal scorer. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, what I do like at United as well. I think I think this is going to be Rashford's year where he finally comes of age, so to speak, where he's finally yeah. thought of as a, as a, a great. 
um, a really, really great striker. I don't think he'll yeah. ever get to like the level of Harry Kane and stuff, um, but I think this is going to be the year where he finally shows that he's not just developing anymore, and this is his year to, to finally, like I say, and make people go, like, yeah, he's a good player, not, yeah, he's got a lot of potential. There's some good players now, and they, and they should be competing, and like you said, it's all his time to prove his point now. Well, that's it from me. You got anything you want to add, Simon, or...? Um, I did. I tell you what, I forget. I was going to say it at the beginning, and I forgot. Um, you know that like, obviously we we you know we turfcast and people know us now, and you know about a few hundred listeners and what have you and watchers. A few hundred, mate. If you watch it on Facebook, a few thousand, mate. Exactly, thousands of watchers, a few hundred listeners on the thing, and then um, I waited to. Uh, I won't. I won't say the name because I don't know if we're allowed to. But it it, it slow French pancakes. Opposite that, they are, yeah. I don't know why uh, you won't be allowed to say that, but go on. I don't know, but we might slag it off, I know. You know if I say, it, yeah, it's not anyway, it should be called slow pancakes. Um, so I went, <laughs> I went in that, that, that's like, that, that is a slag off in itself, to be fair, exactly. But I didn't say who it is ever. So anyway, I went in, sits down, kids like it, so fuck it. Um, and then some oh, comes over to for the, the record, I, I love it in there, it's, it's very good food in there, but go on. Well, it is what's going to piss you off more, mate, because the guy's come over, he goes, Can I take your order, pal? I'm like, yeah, yeah, can I have? I don't remember my order. He went, uh, When you finish, mate, uh, how, how are you getting on anyway? I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, good, thanks. Like, common question I get asked, a man in a wheelchair with two braces on. Uh, how, <laughs> how's your legs getting on? Are you getting better? You, you feel, yeah, I'm like, Yeah, yeah, really good, thanks, mate. All the nice, normal niceties that you do. And then, he went, tell you what, mate, when you finish, come in, sort you out with your discount, mate. I'm like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, don't, don't worry about that. Don't be that. No, no, mate, best podcaster is, mate. You come in and see me, I'll look after you. And I'm like... There you go. Wait. So you're getting the discount <laughs> and you don't fucking do anything. You just turn up and sit on a chair and chat shit. Face. I do all the Face. production, all the production, all the actual quality... And all I get is bloody someone telling me on eBay that they know who I am because I, I told him his shirt was too small. <laughs> so this is what I did. I said to him, no, mate, don't, don't be well, man. Joe always gets pissed off. I am. I'm fuming. I, I go in quick, Brett, like once. I've said the name now. <laughs> I, go, I, go in, I go in there like once every two, three months. I know it doesn't sound a lot, but I, I don't really go out in town, to be honest, a lot because I, I don't live, I don't work in, in Burnley, but where's my discount? Right, so Hold on, you're breaking up. Do that again. Do you hear me now? I can hear you. Quick, go that, again. You're that, nearly that ruined your it. Missus. Go on. That was your missus eh? ringing me. Your missus is ringing me. Wow. That means Parker's ringing me. Um, yeah. I'm so, getting it myself now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been in Pets at home and he was like, oh, mate, I love the podcast. Brilliant podcast. Like, Thanks, Paul. Yeah, we, we work hard on it. And uh, We? We? <laughs> you don't do anything. I never said that. And then I go into the thing. I'm like, mate, George's going to be fuming. He hates it. I said, everywhere I go, I can't go to school yard, pet shop. Now I'm going quick, yeah, fancy, slow crepes. And um, quick I, I said, do you know what I mean? I said, he's fucking, he'll be well mad. I said, what's your name anyway? And I'll, give, I'll make sure I give you a shout out on the, on my podcast. I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm going to guess. It, I'm going to guess at the name. Yeah. Reese. Reese. Reese Hamilton. And uh, he works there. I know he works yeah. there. I've I, seen I pictures didn't even of him. I know his name. Go. So when he said Reese, I went, what's your last name? Hamilton. I went, fucking hell, I don't know. Because obviously I really recognise the Twitter and the thing, but I didn't have a face to him. Uh, and it's a good job you reminded me of Reese. I need to call him Kieran. <laughs> 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 I 
Reese Hamilton. Shout out to Kieran Hamilton who works in Reese Hamilton at Slow Pancakes. Well done, lad. Thank you very much, mate. I love you. You know, when you say shit like Slow Pancakes, you ruin any potential sponsorship. Come Slow Pancakes. Don't want it. Uh, but shout out to Reese. Um, where's my where's my? He's a Blackburn uh, fan. Guy who wants slow pancakes. He's there. Uh, mm. Sat down on the table. Say, oh, you walk like me. I went, why not? I'm not going in there I'd again. Have, I'd already made my decision before you told me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, shout out to Reese. Reese is the one with the controversial opinions and gets a lot of grief on Twitter. So good to see that he's. He's a nice guy, mate. Really lovely. Really. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't recognise him because I didn't have a face to him. He was all of it, so thank you. Yeah, uh, well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Simon. Uh, thanks for sitting there and doing fuck all again. I'll go and edit everything now. I know I've done running order and done everything else. I'll make it all look nice. I'll keep the page going so we get listeners. And then you just yes. turn up again next week with a brand new Burnley shirt on that the club have sent you for some reason to wear on the bloody podcast. And I'll get absolutely nothing. Uh, but shout yes. out to Reese. Uh, thanks for looking after Simon because he's not been well. Uh, but thanks for looking after him. Uh, thanks, everyone who's listening. If you're not already, please do follow us on other social media channels. It's Turfcast Podcast on Twitter, Turfcast Podcast on Facebook, Turfcast Podcast on Instagram, and, of course, on YouTube. It is Turfcast Podcast. You guessed it as well. We're not far away from 3,000 followers on Twitter, by the way. So if you don't follow us already on Twitter, please do. Push it over that line. Then I can put a nice little tweet out. One thing I forgot to mention as well, this is our first podcast since we've been made eligible for stars, I think. I is think. it? I, I, I Facebook stars. I wonder what and that if, thing were all flying in my face on Premier. Get off me. <laughs> so there. if you aren't already, please, you know, it's it's one of them things. It helps, helps, you know, keeps us sort of like going, helps us create stuff and things like that, gives us the reason to do it. Uh, so if you do like the podcast, just send us 100 stars. Um, it'll be massive, massively appreciated. If everybody listened to it now, uh, sorry, watching on Facebook did, then I could probably do this as my full time job. But um, it's one of them things in it. You won't. Uh, but please do. Exactly. There's a lot. There's a lot of content that I do. Um, again, yes, Simon yes. does like a chat. Simon is the face, but he's not the hair. Despite being a hairdresser. Um, but it is one of them things. Thank you very much for all your support. Put if me you on haven't there. already, <laughs> true. Man's all right. Um, thank you for uh, all the support you've given us over the last year. And we're looking forward to doing it again for this season, season, season two. two of Turfcast. Um, and again, just please keep all the support up. If you can't um, afford Facebook stars for whatever reason, fair enough. I understand it's a difficult circumstance at the minute, the current worldwide pandemic you might have seen on the news. Um, just give the stream a share. Just give Back the stream a share. Down, like the page. Well, I'm not. Uh, give the stream. I get tested every two weeks, mate. Give give the page a share, give the stream a share, just make us look out to more people and then who knows what, what we could go from there. But thank you everybody for watching slash listening and we will see you next week when we actually have a game to preview because we'll be previewing the Leicester game uh, on the next podcast. And we'll, when we're playing Sheffield United, by the way, what's the actual date of the Sheffield United game? Can't tell you, my phone's streaming, sorry, Paul. Hold on, Burnley fixtures... I think it's the first game. It is, it's the first game. So we're playing Sheffield United Tuesday, on the 17th Thursday. Thursday, Thursday the 17th. Oh, oh, that must be on then. If it is on at half past five, we'll be doing a watch along anyway. Um, sorry, if it is on TV, we'll be doing a watch along anyway. Simon, you've not answered by the way. Put in the watch along group. Or is I, I don't know. That's my answer. But I'll, leave, I'll, let me, I'll let you know when I know. Neil Layfield, Quilted Ibarra, you are on standby if you're listening to this. Get in touch and you'll be on the Sheffield United potentially and Leicester. Um, watch alongs. Anyway, we're about in now. I've done this for an hour. The interview with David Monday is 25 Damn minutes. So you've got a bumper, go, you've got a bumper <laughs> preview. Right, Sam has got to go. I'll end the stream. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.